In the past, Christians, living in America's predominantly Christian culture, put a premium on spreading the gospel to unreached people groups around the world. But here we are in the 21st century in what's being called post-Christian America. Could those unreached people groups now include our own kids? Could our own homes, in fact, be the new mission field? And how much of the mass youth exodus that we're seeing in churches today is actually the result of adults simply not understanding our own kids' worldview and the issues that concern them the most? Missionaries are rarely successful unless they're able to gain an understanding of the culture and and learn the heart and language of the people they're trying to reach. So have we failed to learn our kids' languages? Have we failed to understand their culture? Well, let's have a look today on Licensed to Parent. Hello and welcome to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. As we tell you week after week, Shepherds Hill Academy is a year-long Christ-centered residential program working with teens in crisis and by extension working with their families. And uh, what we try to do here is export what we learn day after day inside the gates of Shepherds Hill to equip you to be a, a better, more intentional parent. Raise your kids in a way such that they will and you will not need a residential program of your own sometime down the road. The host on our program is Trace Embry. He's the founder and director of Shepherds Hill, and I'm Rich Rosel. And uh, Trace, uh, down through history, it seems every new generation has had to deal with a a different mindset from that of the previous generation. We've called it Generation Gap. At least we did so back in our day. But Mm Do we really need to be all that concerned about how our kids process thoughts differently today than we did yesterday? Well, uh, I think in some ways, no. In in other uh, other ways, absolutely. Uh, In fact, I'd say in many ways, uh, today's generation gap is uh, arguably much more serious than any time in history. I mean, when you look back, it it seems that these uh, quote-unquote generation gaps occur uh, whenever uh, new technology comes along the pike, uh, the telegraph, the uh, the phonograph, the flannel graph in, in church circles, uh, movies, the automobile, radio, TV, and, and now the Internet. But today's digital technology, generally speaking, uh, has had a much bigger influence on how our kids process thought and prioritize their lives. Anyone realizes, I see it, man, since 2008 when the smartphones came out, the issues the kids are dealing with are, are so much more horrendous. And, and nothing in the past has rewired our kids' brains like today's digital technology. Uh, I think this has created an atmosphere for parents and their, and their kids not to understand one another. Because according to a lot of today's new science, this new 24-7 inform me and entertain me into imbecility world that we're living in is changing the way our kids' brains are, are actually being wired up from early on. Uh, but I think this often is, is largely a self-inflicted wound. It's, it's kind of caught us by surprise. This stuff just came on way too quick, too hard, and too intense. And, and though kids still actually want their parents to be major influences, it appears that Siri, Alexa, YouTube, and hundreds of social media friends, 15-year-old social media friends, among myriad other things, might be training and influencing our kids in ways that uh, we've yet to understand, hmm. uh, but we certainly need to understand. Uh, and, and by the way, it's affecting us too as adults, Rich. Right, right. Uh, we've, we've talked about smartphones being an adult toy, meaning mm-hmm. a toy made for adults, not anything else, but, but one that we're handing to kids who aren't equipped. And, and it really is a weapon 
But we're using it as a weapon. We're using it as a weapon. We don't have to be, but be we tool. are. And in that case, we're aiming it at ourselves. Mm-hmm. Our kids are aiming it at themselves, yep. and that's not good. Well, we are delighted to welcome to Licensed to Parent today a guy who has been, I would say, wholly invested in understanding and ministering to our youth for, well, well over 30 years. Ron Hutchcraft is a passionate contemporary evangelist. He's a speaker and author and a radio host. As president of Ron Hutchcraft Ministries, Ron and his team specialize in developing authentic, relevant, and I would definitely underscore this, creative tools to, as Ron says, bring the lost to the cross. Mm -hmm. He's committed to communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ to the lost in their language and to motivating and equipping believers to communicate Christ to the lost in their world. Now, he's hosted two international youth radio broadcasts. He has authored seven books. His latest book, uh, well, it actually came out a few years back, A Life That Matters, Making the Greatest Possible Difference with the Rest of Your Life from Moody Press, is designed to equip everyday believers, moms and dads, that would be us, to become spiritual rescuers. And boy... Ain't nobody that needs rescuing more than our kids these days. You ain't lying about that. Uh, by the way, you um, you may be familiar with Ron from his radio program, A Word With You, that's heard across the country and broadcast internationally in the four most spoken languages in the world. We will ask Ron to respond in each of those languages in our conversation <laughs> today. Uh, his other accomplishments are many, so many, in fact, that it makes us look like we don't even get out of bed in the morning, Trace. But mm-hmm. I will say that on the parenting front, Ron and his wife and lifelong ministry partner, Karen, who recently went home to be with the Lord, have three children who serve with him in ministry, and they've got nine grandkids. And awesome. those are the big credentials for being on this program. That's right. That's right. Ron, uh, w- welcome to Licensed Apparent, brother. <laughs> well, thank you. Am I doing all that? I'm worn out. Just listen to all that. You know, well, you got it right, though. You, there's it, None of it really matters unless our family chooses Jesus and amen. chooses to walk with them. And, you know, I, I will tell you that uh, each of our grandchildren, when they were born, uh, I was uh, had the privilege to hold them in my arms as they were born. One is adopted, and when she came from China, as soon as they got off the plane, I held her in my arms. Yes. And uh, I said, this, I gave, to first, uh, Jordan was our first one, and subsequently I did this with each of them. My very first word spoken as a grandfather to my grandchildren was to give them this blessing. I, let's use Jordan as an example. I said, Jordan, you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. For good works, God prepared in advance for you to do. And I believed that with all my heart. And as they have grown older, it is so wonderful to see that each one, and that's our job, is to let them know that in spite of the voices that can try to talk them into believing there's something less, that they are God's workmanship, masterpieces, Mm -hmm. one of a kind, created for things to do on this planet that only they have been wired like this to do. Mm-hmm. That's how I wanted them to start their lives. And uh, it's just been wonderful to see God keep his, keep wow. that promise. And I think it's, it's, it's so important that all parents convey that to their kids. Yeah. And, and by the way, how old is Jordan now? He's about 20? Yeah, he's going to be. Uh, Jordan okay. is, uh, Jordan's 19 years old. He's still hanging on to that teen thing a, a little <laughs> bit longer. <laughs> well, the Jordan we're talking about is Jordan Whitmer, who, by the way, was on this very program a few weeks ago. Now, this young man has a movement going on that he has launched in this country and has had a lot of gatherings basically trying to bring the gospel back to his generation. And uh, this is exciting to see. So 
after you listen to this program, find that program on our website. It's, uh, I certainly it's like, uh, Ron, your your depiction of who, who our grandkids are uh, in the eyes of God. We should convey that message. Uh, you've been working with, uh, with youth uh, since... Uh, uh, the American Cultural Revolution, maybe not the American Revolution, but the American Cultural Revolution. I thought Re- you were going to say since the Earth's <laughs> crust was cooling. Yes, okay. Of the 70s, 60s, uh, a lot of people uh, will say that the changes that took place back then were, uh, in, in, the, in the 60s, were arguably more radical and therefore tougher for American parents to deal with than the changes that have occurred uh, in American culture in the past 10 years. Now, before we get too far along here, I'd love to hear your perspective on that because I, I kind of disagree with that. Well, you know, it is interesting since the American youth culture was born. By the way, I looked in a 1943 dictionary, yeah. and the word teenager does not appear not in there. It. Yeah. They, so the whole youth culture thing really, you know, largely was born in the 50s. And, mm-hmm. and, and our young people have lost something that's a, a tremendously important life a glue thing each yeah. decade. In the 50s, they, you might say that, uh, you know, they, they began to. Uh, uh, lose lose their well. I would say to lose their innocence because Absolutely. as media began to come into the home, they began the Judeo Christian thing and the very clear black and white thing that started to go away. In the 1960s, they lost their authority and they've never gotten it back. Uh, nobody really has the final word on anything except me for me. Mm-hmm. And you could go on. The 70s, they lost their sense of lovedness as parents became more absent and had to do more away from them in order to maintain their lifestyle. Yeah, and it goes on and on as they've lost hope and then they've they've lost connectivity, they've lost connection. That's why they're so addicted to social media because it's a connection but it's superficial. Sure. It's very disappointing. You can be deleted in a second and bullied online and nobody even has to be with you. Right, right. Yeah, that that is one thing that we've mentioned on other programs is the fact that the school bully used to lose his impact once you left school. Mm-hmm. But yeah. now he can follow you home. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yep, that is so right. So, you know, we, we now the question is how do we, in this world where it's probably more challenging to be a parent and more dangerous to be a young person, uh, how do we prepare them to, to uh, not survive? Mm-hmm. Shame on us if that's all we do. Yeah. How, do we, how do we prepare them to thrive in a world like that? Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, the, the, the subtitle of your new book, A Life That Matters, is, is, is making the greatest possible difference with the rest of your life. Uh, mm-hmm. What could possibly be more important to making a difference with our lives as parents than equipping our kids to, to to help usher in the gospel to future generations? Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I, let me let me give you two guidelines that I think um, help us here. Uh, when our when our uh, kids were starting out to public school, a lot of our friends were sending their kids to uh, Christian schools, homeschooling. Uh, we just felt led to have our kids go to public school, and they were in the New York area where it's, you know, kind yeah. of not the Bible Belt, yeah, more the right. Bagel Belt, you know, and not, not necessarily. Uh, they were very lonely as Christians in their class. And I remember my daughter, our firstborn, uh, was, uh, oh, second or third grade, and already she was, she was hearing a lot of dirty stuff, a lot of disrespectful stuff, a lot of lying, and a lot of uh, things that, that were troubling her. And uh, and I, I I I told her I said well you know at least when you go to school what you need to do is you need to go mad, and she looked at me like I was and then as I would tell her that <laughs> as she left for school and yell out the back door go mad honey, 
Well, the neighbors didn't know what I meant, but I did. Yeah. That meant go make a difference. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, since then we raised all of our kids, and I, and now I've told teenagers forever that God didn't put you here primarily to uh, go make grades or go make a team or go mm-hmm. make friends or go make out. Uh, nice. He put you where you are today to go make a difference and to leave this house to go be an al- a living alternative to the emptiness and the lostness and the futility of the lives that your friends are living. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so if, they, if we are raising young men and women to be go-mad people, it is not enough to just pour beliefs in their head, open up their head, pour in a belief, close their head, and make sure they can say it back to us. That mm-hmm. isn't going to do it. They need to be on a mission. Why do kids come alive spiritually when they go on a missions trip? Well, they finally need what they know. They're using it. Then they come back home and they fall, you know, they just kind of fall back into the, the yawning again. Right. But our, we need to raise our family to be on a missions trip in our own town all year long, yeah. raising our kids to realize they're on a missions trip their whole life. So I'm going to say two things. Number one, Raise your kids to realize it's all about making a difference. But before that, it's all about Jesus. Now, somebody's going to go, well, yes, I know that. This is so critical that our, because I think our kids are growing up believing that it is church or it is the meetings we go to Mm -hmm. or it is Christianity or it is Christians or it is Bible reading, prayer witnessing. Nope. It's all about Jesus. And the most important single thing you can do is to make Jesus a living, contributing, decision-making person in the life of your family. And if they understand that when you sin, you're not breaking rules, you're breaking Jesus' heart. That's exactly right. This is all about, you're doing it to Jesus. Mm -hmm. When you put money in the offering, you're not giving it to the church. You're putting it in Jesus' hands. When you, when you uh, uh, serve, you are not serving the church. You're not serving us. Jesus is smiling. You're doing, Jesus is going, thank you mm-hmm. for what you're doing. Make it all about Jesus. Make Jesus real. Because when it comes all down to it, I find out that kids will say, well, you know, I kind of got away from my faith or I left the church. Stop it. It's not, it's not about your faith. It's not about the church. It's all about Jesus. What you right. left was Jesus. Now, what is it about Jesus that let you down? I doubt it was anything about him. Right. It's mm-hmm. all about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Amen. But with all the busyness, Ron, uh, you know, the information, the amusement in today's world, uh, you know, kids are like monkeys on a vine. They don't turn loose of one pleasure until they got the other one in their hands. How do we get our kids interested in, in Jesus, in the gospel? Uh, how do we keep them interested in performing for an audience of one, for lack of a better term, for performing, but, uh, and, and then get them excited about sharing with others? Because you know, we send our kids to school too often. We're interested in, in, in them becoming A students when God's looking for A student. But what if our kids aren't on fire you know, for, for the Lord the, the way they need to be? Uh, is public school, could that possibly be more of a, a danger than, than, than a mission field? Uh, do, should, should we wait for the timing to be right to where we know they're the genuine article themselves? I mean, how, how do we sort that all out as parents? Well, you know, it's a, it's a uh, very individual decision, of course, because mm-hmm. our kids are so individual. And, uh, uh, you know, even in our, in our own family, we have, situa- we have a situation where one child is homeschooled, 
my child is public schooled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we have uh, some of our kids, uh, I mean, it's, it's mixed in our own family, and mm-hmm. I, I applaud that. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, I do. Because mm-hmm. indi- each one is an individual workmanship of God. You do need to assess um, that will, uh, will the, the uh, um, contrast between what they see, I hope they see a real Jesus at your house, they go. see a Jesus who changes things, who answers prayer, who uh, is so trustable, um, who's vital, who who uh, is mom and dad just are, uh, mom and dad are demonstrating it's not about the meetings we go to, it's not about our activities, it's not about our beliefs. It is, this is a love thing. We love this guy. Man, Jesus, if that's real, and then it can be strengthened. The public school will strengthen it and we need to unleash them in the in in that mission field. On the other hand, if uh, if they tend to be very pliable uh, and they're more like Play-Doh than they are like a rock and could be easily squeezed into somebody else's shape, then uh, we might need them at home for a while or in a Christian school. So it's a very prayed over in, to help. And the prayer to pray is, Lord, would you help me see my daughter? Would you help me see my son through your eyes? What do you see? Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to, and I want to not see them through my eyes or what I want them to be. I want to see what you created them to be. I want to, I want to be a partner with you in developing this unique workmanship. Where's the best environment for them to be educationally? But after all is said and done, if we are, if we have a defensive faith where we are just playing defense yeah. against a big bad world out there, mm-hmm. our kids are going to get the idea that we, this Jesus must not be too strong. This Jesus happened to be the greatest love you could ever experience. No one ever loved you enough to shed his blood and die on a cross for you. And this Jesus, who crushed death on Easter morning, walked out of his grave under his own power, wants to walk into your friendships and walk into your school with you. They need to see this Jesus for the amazing amazing person he is we follow a person not a religion we follow jesus i can't stress that enough it's all about jesus Uh, i need to jump in here real quickly because we've got to take a break our guest today on the licensed parent program is ron hutchcraft he's author of a book called a life that matters making the greatest possible difference with the rest of your life. It's available from Moody Press. You can find it on his website, hutchcraft.com, or, of course, on Amazon or other online retailers. And this is Licensed to Parent. We'll be back with more conversation with our guest, Ron Hutchcraft, right after this. Remember back in the late 80s and early 90s as the Internet hit the scene? You know, the information superhighway? We had great hopes that this new knowledge economy would make our teens more aware, diversify their tastes, and improve their verbal skills. But the enlightenment didn't happen. Technology has had the opposite effect. What once promised great hope for the future is now used to indulge in diversions. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, subtitled How the Digital Age Stupefies Young Americans and Jeopardizes Our Future, or Don't Trust Anyone Under 30, presents a portrait of the young American mind at this critical juncture, revealing the true cost of the digital age and our last chance to fix it. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, available in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherd's Hill Academy Scholarship Fund. 
teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherd's Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and licensed parents to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. You're listening to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, and you'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. While you're there, you can check out Trace's blog and also hear any past conversations that you may have missed, and we encourage you to do that. Today, however, we are conversing with Ron Hutchcraft, the uh, head of Ron Hutchcraft Ministries, also author of the book, A Life That Matters, Making the Greatest Possible Difference with the Rest of Your Life. Uh, Ron has been working... Uh, especially in ministry to teens for a lot of years, and we have a lot of respect for what he is, uh, talks about to teens and in front of parents. We could learn a lot from him. Ron, one of the challenges is getting kids into church. The other challenge, though, is keeping them and and discipling kids. So whether as a parent or as a youth leader, one of the ways we want to do this, how do we speak into our children's lives in a way that will help them grasp the gospel and make it their own? That's a great and, and bearing beam question you've just asked. To me, disciple, the discipling process is connecting your beliefs with your behavior. Our young people today feel very comfortable believing their beliefs and doing something absolutely opposite from yeah, that's us. That's true. Because my beliefs are a compartment of my life. I speak to young people and I, I'll, I'll take a, like a blueberry pie and I'll put a, a slice of I'll slice it into six slices, and I'll cover one of them with whipped cream and say, how many slices taste like whipped cream? Duh. One. That's right. That's how we handle Jesus. We have a Jesus slice in our life. Now, the rest of my life, here's my girlfriend. Here's my music. Uh, here's what I watch. Here's my, uh, here's my social media. Yep. Uh, here's my money, and so on. And so... Uh, those are those are separate, but I do my Jesus slice, and I pray there, and I go to my meetings, and so on, and then I take the whipped cream and I cover the whole pie with it, and I say Jesus really isn't going to be a slice. That's not Lord. That means you're Lord. You decide where He is. No, He's going to taste. He's going to change the flavor of everything in the pie. How do we get them to see that? Here, let me give you three steps in what I believe the biblical discipling process is: learn it, do it, talk about it. Where did I get this wonderful idea? Jesus. It's not new. Hmm. Jesus would give the disciples some teaching. He would send them out to practice and do something with it. They would come back, and they would talk about how it went. This is how it became theirs. This breaks down the compartment. So in our family, 
when we study, we talk, study whatever passage of Scripture. It might be about the value of the Bible, the importance of God's Word, uh, your Word's a lamp to my feet, the light to my path, whatever. If you look, if it's about prayer, whatever, sharing Jesus with people. Now, the thing we do is we have a do it. This is what a lot of our youth ministries are missing. There is an immediate, this week, bite-sized chunk, action step, where I actualize what I factualized in the teaching. I actually go do something with it. Now I come back and we talk about how it went or if it went. And we learn from whether we succeeded or failed. This process of digestion after ingestion, of doing it after you learn it, immediately learning it and doing it and then talking about it, is what makes it change it behavioral change. It's not just a bunch of facts that I learned and making sure I know all the right answers. Sounds like kinesthetic learning. You know, you, yeah. you have to do yeah. it. Yeah, it almost is. Yeah. That's right. So if we, so our job is to think of a do that goes with the learn. Mm -hmm. what, what would be something we could all do as a family this week or tomorrow in the next 24 hours to practice this? Let's come back and talk about how it went. So we are on a journey together learning to do what Jesus teaches. Mm -hmm. And then the talking about it is where there's accountability and de debriefing and where we can help each other. But as a family, let's be on the journey of learning to live like Jesus together Amen. by learning it, doing it, and talking about Amen, it. Amen, brother. You know, a lot of people tell you that this generation is as spiritual as any generation. Uh, mm -hmm. How does that jive with their alleged disdain for organized religion? And then the second part of that question is, should parents make their teens go to church with them? Yeah, well, uh, boy, we're out of time, aren't we? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, look at the time. Um, no, actually, uh, I think that, that it is true that, that uh, these young people have grown up with a lot of distrust in anything institutional. They see in politics, they see at church sometimes, they see the gap between the rhetoric, between the ideal and what's actually being lived. And they, um, they're much more uh, into relationship, and that's a good thing in a way, because it's all about, didn't we say this one time, it's all about Jesus. Mm -hmm. We need to make church all about Jesus. We are going there to be with Jesus, to be with Jesus' people, and we're going there to uh, ask the question, Jesus, how can I leave here with a little more of you than when I walked in? And mm -hmm. it might be a song, it might be uh, somebody you talk to, it might be uh, reaching out to somebody, even a church who's needy, whatever. But let's go with that in mind. Let's go to church on a mission to come out with more of Jesus than we went in with. Just make sure that for you, it's all about Jesus. Yeah, amen. So, We've been talking today on Licensed to Parent with Ron Hutchcraft. We've been talking in part about his book, A Life That Matters, Making the Greatest Possible Difference with the Rest of Your Life. It's available from Moody Press. You can find it on Ron's website, which is hutchcraft.com, spelled H-U-T-C-H-C-R-A-F-T.com. Or, and may I say this, Ron, wherever finer Christian books are sold, would that be accurate? <laughs> Yes, only the finer ones, of course. Okay, of course. Good. <laughs> and that concludes today's Licensed to Parent broadcast. Licensed to Parent is the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. 
We produce this program to try to share some of the hard lessons learned from working with troubled teens day after day. Our goal being to help you become the kind of parent your child wants and needs, so neither you nor your child will need residential care for yourselves in the future. If we can uh, help you, please do contact us, do reach out. But right now, I'd like to ask that you consider helping us with our effort. We'd be most grateful if you could donate to help the outreach of Licensed to Parent or to help those parents who may not be able to afford residential care get the residential care they need through a gift to the Shepherd's Hill Scholarship Fund. You can donate online securely by clicking the Donate button at the top of the page at LicensedToParent.org. Our guest coordinator on Licensed to Parent is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosel. Thanks for listening, and please make plans to join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.